Well, thank you for joining me again. We are approaching the end of uh, my series, my sharing, and today we're talking about the Bible, metaphysics, and I. Perhaps taking cold to Newcastle, but let's be sure we are singing from the same hymnal. The Christian Bible is a compilation of writings from two distinct eras, separated into what we today call the Old and New Testament, none of which are in chronological order. The Old Testament has 39 books and the New has 27 books, starting with the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, which tell the story of the life and teachings of Jesus. The Apostle Paul fills much of the remaining chapters as he makes commentary on his understanding of the life and teachings of Jesus. Having never met Jesus, and now taking the story as a literal fact, at least prior to his experience on the road to Damascus, and not having access to the Gospels, which were written close to the end of his ministry, all references to Jesus were constructed from stories about him. I have never claimed to be a biblical scholar. However, I have insights that have served me and my ministry. My insights include the awareness that the Bible is not the literal Word of God from Genesis through the Revelation. Because of the language within which it was written, especially Aramaic and its related languages or dialects belonging to the Semitic family, it includes a myriad of idioms and exaggerations which were never intended to be taken literally. The Bible is an Eastern book and written primarily for the Eastern mind, which is wired very differently from the Western thinker. Therefore, to take the often unrecognized idioms and other exaggerations and force them into a literal and often ridiculous setting is one of the reasons behind why the content of the scriptures must be viewed and understood with careful insight. To give support to, and a quick point of reference, would be the experience of Lot's wife. Being turned into a pillar of salt is an Aramaic idiom for having a cerebral hemorrhage. Now, not understanding this, later translators of the Bible added to what was to them a logical reason as to why it happened. It wasn't because of the obvious or extreme stress factor she was experiencing, but as with all occurrences, it had to be an act of God. So then a further why had to be factored into the uh, reason behind what must be a new lick salt on the plane. Why? because it was written in that she defiled what was told to her not to do, which was the dastardly act of looking back upon her home village and its destruction. Why wouldn't she look back? Her family, friends, memories, more were there. In the structuring and restructuring of Scripture, there appears to be a need to give unto God almost a dark side of a capricious judgment nature that then fed into a belief system that 
imposed and was very fearful based indeed. This belief system needs to be totally undone, for it speaks to a god, a deity, source, by whatever name, that has never existed. The Bible is also a collection of stories written by men, predominantly, who wrote of experiences that were designed to provide reasons behind why certain things were like they are, and always seeking to place God as the chief architect behind these happenings. Almost without exception, these efforts were based on their erroneous understanding of God and an accepted nature of vindictiveness, anger, and punishment. In a recent sharing, Jesus and Christ, a forward reference to this chapter was made concerning Adam, Eve, and the garden. Well, it is an allegory, never intended to be taken literally, as it speaks to a God that is very anthropomorphic and vindictive, which was the intention of the writer who felt the need to explain why life was hard. The story of the Tower of Babel, as well as Noah and the Flood, similarly, or allegory, never physically happened as recorded. The Tower was an attempt to explain why there were many languages, and if the story of the Flood is taken literally, as dry land was again achieved, it tells of a God feeling almost remorseful for doing what was done, and saying that never, never again would pain, suffering, and death be inflicted on all life. Okay, if this were so, then why did God yet need to demand the death of Jesus in order to grant salvation to man when presumably it was forgiven? And aside to the Noah story, geologists have ascertained that, sure, something took place within a possible time frame of the story. But there isn't enough water available to cover the entire earth. If something or some things happened, they were localized, and then later used as a basis to spin a wonderful yarn. Today, biblical scholars have varying beliefs, but practically all agree that within the various consuls, where and when biblical canon was chosen by committees who might have had their own agendas to ply, changes were continually made, almost creating a mandate for us today to understand that the Bible must be viewed with insightful wisdom and not just blind obedience to someone's pronouncement of it being the literal word of God. If it is a literal document, then changelessness changes throughout the various books over the many years of writing spans of its writing times of people getting together and writing what they thought would be important for people to read. And of course, this isn't possible. Within unity and other new thought points of understanding, outside the elements of history and the beauty of its poetry, the main use of the Bible is found within seeing it as a metaphysical document that tells the story of everyone's journey, from the Adam man or Eve woman, all the way to a level of spiritual insightfulness called Christ. Metaphysics is an understanding that behind all effects there is a cause, 
and once the cause is identified, along with its antecedental energies, a choice can then be made in our lives today to either pursue a similar cause or to make a conscious effort to never go down that path because the effects are not pleasant. This insight can be gleaned from scripture or from life in general. Metaphysics is the understanding that God as principle, law, is the constant, so regardless of when or where specific effects always follow specific causes. The Bible is rich with opportunities to do this. An example, unlike today, was obvious to the people of that time. All proper names had secondary meanings. We recognize this to a limited extent <clears throat> that would probably give the secondary meaning behind Los Angeles or City of Angels. Proper names of people and places also has secondary meanings that were known. With an Aramaic, Jerusalem also included the meaning habitation of peace and abode of prosperity. Elizabeth had an understanding that her name really meant worshiper of God and God of the oath. This is the richness of the semantic languages. Unity's book, The Metaphysical Bible Dictionary, cites these meanings and gives insights into how each might factor into circumstances where choices can be made to internalize these insights as these choices are made. This is especially meaningful as we see throughout the life and ministry of our elder brother an awareness of these meanings and how he used them to leave a latent roadmap of truth that is to be discovered by the insightful. It is here in scene that he didn't choose his disciples haphazardly, but chose them within purpose, as each of the twelve had names that included an aspect of what we see today as aspects of spiritual potential within each and all. To a metaphysician, this is now the basis for an even deeper understanding of how each of the twelve now represents something within us, and knowing these latent qualities can provide opportunity for a focus upon them and an enhancement gained in our spiritual journey. In Hebrew and Aramaic, the name Peter also speaks to the quality of faith. The name John has a meaning of love. The name Andrew has an additional meaning of strength and on through the remaining nine. Indeed, to a <clears throat> metaphysician, the Christian Bible is a treasure trove of insights into how life works. For if anything can be understood to be a cause behind an effect, then the same principle is at work now. Read the Bible as you are led, obviously. Then if it doesn't ring true as to an event or a pronouncement made, entertain the possibility that its real meaning isn't literal but metaphysical. See if the cause behind the effect is evident, and then in a quiet, non-judgmental moment, See if there is an opportunity to self-identify with any of the causes as to patterns of thinking or beliefs that, if there can be addressed, if they are there, they can be addressed and brought into more alignment with some thinking that may be triggered by listening to this series, A New Look at an Old God. Next week, 
Join me again for my next sharing. Metaphysical thinking. And then if it is wisdom for you, and only if it is wisdom, consider making a PayPal gift to this happy effort of sharing with you Unity's logical understanding of life. And remember, you are blessed and you are secure. You are that wonderful, wonderful extension of the very essence of God itself in you, through you, and as you.